Hello, welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast, where I'm going to be giving you personalized user research advice based on your questions or struggles. So let's dive into today's episode. Hey, all my wonderful user researchers or user research adjacent roles. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm sorry that I've been a bit out of our normal scheduling. We were having some work done in our house when we got back from Barbados and I just, I could not record with that drilling. (laughs) It's literally impossible. And now that I'm back in a freezing cold Jersey, I also got sick. So I am currently recovering from a cold, not gonna lie. I stayed in bed all day on Sunday and I watched Love Island. I hope that that does not get too much hate from my audience because I totally understand that it's a trashy TV show, but geez, when you're sick and you know, sore throat, fever, you just got to do something to take your mind off it. And let me tell you, it certainly did work. <laughs> Anyways, we have a question that came in that I absolutely love. And I'm not going to lie, I'm a bit biased because it's from another Nikki. So <laughs> that made me really, really excited. I love I love hearing from people with my name because I feel like the name Nikki is kind of a weird name. It's not very common. But anyways, this person was just got her job. Uh, so congratulations on your first user research job and asked, how do you keep doing research when you don't have any specific requests from designers and product managers? How would you act in this kind of situation and still be impactful for the product and design teams? So really great question here. And I think that it is extremely important because it's not spoken about enough in terms of what happens when we have extra time as user researchers and also what happens when you know our teams aren't quite maybe mature enough to really understand when and how to reach out with user research requests and how do how do we do things in the meantime right so maybe we are educating people and trying to get people into the cadence of doing research and getting becoming part of their process but that takes time so what can we do in the meantime is there are there ways to incorporate incorporate meaningful user research that again is still impactful while we're doing this education so i have five or six ideas they all layer up upon each other that i want to walk you through within this episode. So the first thing, first things first, if you haven't started educating them, make sure they know, and they being your teams, product managers, designers, whomever else is requesting research or whomever else you want to be working with, make sure they know when to reach out to you, right? Do they know how you can help them? Have you had those conversations? Have you introduced user research to them? And I don't mean just a, this is what user research is kind of presentation, but have you had one-on-one conversations with them where you've talked to them about their previous research experience or what you could do to specifically help that team, right? Or helps that particular role. So do they know how you can help them? Do they know when to request research? A lot of 
people don't know when to actually request research. So when in the process should I be reaching out to a user researcher? I, I sat down with some product managers at one point and they were all great product managers. And the questions that they had for me were so basic in the sense of like, when do we include user research? How do we include user research? When is a when is a good time for us to reach out to user researchers? Is it when we have an idea? Is it when we have a prototype? Is it after a prototype? So again, coming back to this educational piece, do they know when to request research from you and how to request research? Is it obvious? Do you have an intake form? Do you have a Slack channel? Do they know to come by your desk? Do they know to email you? Like, What is that process? And is that process super clear for them, right? So that first educational piece is so super important. And if you've already started setting that up, so that they understand what research is, they understand how it can help them, and they understand when and how to engage with you. If you have set that up, then we get to the things to kind of do in between. The second idea is to attend their meetings, right? Get involved with what the designers are doing. Get involved with what the product managers are doing. Look at a product roadmap. Take a look at some of the designs that designers are trying to create, right? and use that to advise when user research might make sense because this is also part of that educational piece. It's part of the process because if they aren't sure, if, if you have a low user research maturity and people haven't worked with user research before, you coming in, seeing what they're working on and being able to advise them is a great way to model to them when they should be coming to you. We can't expect people to come to us if they don't really understand the scope of our work and how we can help them. So going to their meetings, looking at the product roadmap and trying to sit there and say, okay, you are trying to accomplish X, Y, and Z. This is where I can help you. Or if a designer is supposed to design a certain concept or feature or an idea, you go to them and say, hey, I can help you by putting this in front of users right now so that you can get some insights on it to help facilitate your design, right? So really understanding what your teammates are doing. I know that I had bi-weekly, sometimes weekly catch-ups with my product managers and designers in order to really understand what they were doing and how I could help them. So that could be another component that you put in while you're educating as like a really great way to continue educating them. The third idea is to do stakeholder interviews understand what their struggles are, understand what what they're coming up against, what their previous experience with research is, how they understand user research, what their goals are, what their pain points are. So put on your researcher hat and do stakeholder interviews as much as possible so that you can understand their pain points and goals by understanding this information. So for instance, let me give a, a more concrete example rather than going into the vague route. If you are working with a retention team, right, and the retention team is is struggling with, I don't know, let's say getting people, they got we got people to sign up, we got people to purchase their their first purchase, but they're having a hard time getting people to come back again, right? And that's I mean, that's the key to retention. <laughs> and they are they're struggling with that particular concept. Why Why don't you go in and say, hey, this is how user research can help you. I can talk to some people who have only purchased once and we can start to understand what might be holding them back from purchasing again. 
Another good example is I worked with an acquisition team. It was both acquisition and retention, and they were thinking about a loyalty program for a particular product. And they were, they were thinking that this would help retention in a way, but also acquisition. So in this particular program, you could, you could have your friend get invited, you would get a discount to the particular product and your friend would also get a discount, right? So again, retention and acquisition. So when it came to loyalty programs, we didn't know anything about them, right? We knew our own experiences, but we never used those. So, or we use those very, I don't know, we use those very sparingly, our own experiences. So what I ended up doing is I said, hey, why don't we talk to users about loyalty programs, especially in the context of our given product to see if that you know, makes sense to see if it's aligned with them to see how how they're feeling or reacting to this idea, how they've used loyalty programs in the past or haven't maybe on other products that are either similar to ours or maybe just aren't similar to ours, but they've been, they've had experiences with loyalty programs on other products so that we can learn from those. So again, that's, that's by me going in and understanding the goals and maybe some of the pain points of what stakeholders are trying to do through these interviews and using that to help inform what I could help them with. So what type of research I should be doing. Another idea is to do a question gathering workshop. So this is more of a communal stakeholder interview. So what you're doing is you're bringing people together and you're asking your colleagues what their big questions are about users, right? So what are the big things that we want to understand about our users that we don't currently understand? What are the big questions? What are the gaps in our knowledge? What do we think we're missing? Now, of course, there are plenty of things that user research can uncover that are unknown unknowns, right? There are a bunch of unknown unknowns out there, things that we don't even know that we don't know. However, there are a lot of things that we know we don't know. And sometimes these get lost in the shuffle because people can focus tactically on the day-to-day, right? Or focus on smaller, less holistic goals. That's so super common. So if you were to do a question gathering workshop where you really looked at the big questions that your colleagues have about users, then that could help inform you of some big initiatives that you could take on. And it's even better in this case when you gather these questions and multiple stakeholders from multiple different teams have similar or the same questions. Because then what you're doing, because you asked about impact, And then what you're doing is you're finding big questions that multiple teams have and you're doing research on those. So then you start to have this cross-departmental impact, right? So I really highly recommend, I think question gathering workshops are fantastic. And you just, it's, you don't have to overthink this workshop because it is what it, what it says in the title, which is really great. And if I have any resources on this, I'll, I'll pop them into the description. But it's, it's so super great because you're literally just sitting in there and you're asking people, what questions do you have? What do we not know? What are the gaps that we have in our knowledge, right? What do you wish you could know about our users? What could help you? And by answering, by answering what questions could, could you move forward with different decisions, right? So really just super casual, 
question gathering workshop. And again, that can have really great cross-departmental impact and help you get this information from teams so that, again, you can you can kind of set up the research using that and create an initiative or several initiatives using that information. So the fifth idea is taking that information and putting it into something like a rolling research program, right? And I'll put a an article in the description about what a rolling research program is and how to set one up. But essentially this, this rolling research program is continuous research. So you're co constantly doing research on maybe these bigger questions, like who are our users? That's something that you get very often during a question gathering workshop. And what you're doing is you're slowly researching over time so that you have less downtime, right? You kind of have something planned all the time with rolling research. So what this has looked like for me in the past is we were doing persona research, but I was also supporting seven other teams at the same time with like one-off research. I was like, I'm never going to get this done if I try to almost like put it in my schedule as a as a project in, a, in and of itself. So what I set up was a rolling research program. And what that meant is every quarter I spoke with 15 participants about a big initiative. So for instance, this one was about personas. And yeah, it took, it took longer. You could up the number of people depending on how much scope and time you have, but it took longer to generate these personas, but I was almost able to do it in the background while I was doing other research. So a rolling research program really allows you, and, and these types of programs, again, target those bigger cross-departmental questions so that even if you're stuck doing usability testing and more evaluative or one-off research, you're still able to have big impact if you have a rolling research program that targets these larger, more generative or foundational initiatives. So I would really recommend doing a research, a rolling research program if, if you can. Lastly, the things that you can do that don't require anything are things like heuristic evaluations. Like they don't require any participants. They don't require any budget. They just require you, right? And it's something that you can put together on your own in terms of something that can have impact. Now, again, I'll put a link for an article about heuristic evaluations in the description, but heuristic evaluations are looking at your current product and, and understanding how that product is violating or not violating very common heuristics. And this is something that, again, you can do on your own and then present to your team. So if you have a product and you go through this heuristic evaluation, there might be a lot of low hanging fruit or issues that you can present that can be fixed and put onto the roadmap. And again, this has definitely impact across product and design teams. I have done this multiple, multiple, multiple times when I've I guess, had the downtime and had the space to do it. Or when I start at a company that hasn't done a heuristic evaluation in a while. And if you would want to take that to the next step, then you would look into something like benchmarking. And I will put another article about benchmarking in the, in the description. But this is about taking your product and doing quantitative usability testing on the product as it is and finding different usability issues with the product currently and presenting those to the product and design teams. 
right? So that the benchmarking is actually quite a, a big project. So it's great if you have, again, the resources and the time to do something like that. A heuristic evaluation is almost like a mini version of that, which doesn't need participants. It doesn't need any budget or anything like that. It just needs you and maybe some articles on how to conduct heuristic evaluations. But again, going to the next level of that, if you do have the time and scope and budget, is looking at that benchmarking side of really inviting 25 plus participants in and really understanding where your current product lies when it comes to efficiency, effectiveness, and satisfaction. So that, and that is something that you can do completely agnostic of research requests, right? That's a really great, again, really great initiative if you have that time and scope for that particular, for that particular project. So those are the things that I would recommend if you are sitting and not sure what to do, not getting a lot of requests. Those, again, you're starting with the education and layering up into things that, again, you can kind of do on your own or you are gathering information from stakeholders to use that information to build initiatives that can really impact a lot of teams within your organization. So I hope that that is helpful and really gets at your particular question and helps if any of you are feeling like you have this downtime and still want to be able to impact your teams and your organization. I will say as well, if you do have downtime, work on your case studies and resume too, please. <laughs> it's it's. I know that sometimes it's hard to think about these things and prioritize ourselves, but take some time to do that as well if you if you do have the time because it is very very important for us to also update that information but in the scope of research those are the things that i have done in my past when i have had that downtime and yeah i hope that's helpful and i look forward to talking to you all soon thanks Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and submit your next question. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye.